Well, guys, good morning. It's good to see you. Um, I have a special young man here. I'm going to ask him to do prayer for us. Where'd, where'd, your, where'd Andrew go? Okay. Can you remember what our little saying is today? You remember? Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Whoa. Uh, I love that saying. I get, I, one of the kids called me up the other day and some pastor was having people do that. And they go, Larry, you won't believe it. This pastor was having us do that. It reminds me because I, when I'm at school and stuff, I, every time I speak, I have them do it a couple times or at some key point in the, the uh, worshiper, the speech that I'm giving. So it's important, amen? Is if we have to know that he's coming back and be able to say it. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to have this, where this young man's going to talk to you, you're going to be very, very excited about some of the things he tells you. But he's going to have a prayer for us to start our session, okay? You can grab that mic right there. You can stay right there. You know. Okay, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for another beautiful day. We pray, dear God, that you be with us as uh, we uh, open up your word, Lord, and share some testimonies. We just thank you so much for being with us, and we ask that you please carry us through this uh, Sabbath. And we thank you so much for uh, bringing us to another Sabbath. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and ask. Amen. 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 Are you enjoying the uh, meetings in the evenings about Revelation? Let me tell you, folks. I believe in the book of Revelation. I believe that God prepared the Old Testament for the apostles, uh, for the, uh, for the, the uh, time of Moses and all that, and then also for Israel itself, and then the New Testament for the church. But Revelation was made for us today, the people in the last time. And I loved it. I got here and I stuck my head in and listened to him. And I just felt like I was preaching. I was preaching. Because, you know, when you study Revelation, you get certain things out of it. I just loved it. I praise God. I've, I've never met this man, but I've seen him preach a couple times. He's a friend of a very, one of my best buddies from years past, who's also a professor at the school there. Uh, Revelation... We are at a time in Earth's history where it needs to be the major focus of us. Daniel, Revelation, and the prophecies of the Bible. So much. Uh, turn to Revelation, the first chapter. We already looked at this the other day, but I want to look at it again real quickly. Uh, it's verse 3, Revelation, first chapter, verse 3. It says, Blessed is he who reads... Now, what's very interesting is because the next thing is it's, it's blessed to see you read and those who hear. Now, that's very interesting because that's not right English grammatically. You don't go from the singular to the plural, do you? But there is a reason for that. Uh, this whole concept of reading and hearing or understanding. If I hear, I can understand, Correct. That's the concept, is being able to understand. See, that's what he was talking about, wine. Wine makes us drunk. Amen. Guys, do you understand that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he drank that cup, that he drank the cup that is talked about in Revelation 14, the cups and the three angels' message. He drank it for us. Amen. Get Pentecostal about it. Be happy, because I don't want to drink that cup. That cup that we talk about there in Revelation 17. Intoxicating. It will ruin you. Look, look real quick. I, I'll show you this. I'm not going to charge you for this either. I'll show you. This is really deep. Okay. <laughs> I turn to Daniel, uh, the 11th chapter of Daniel. 11th chapter of Daniel, verse 35. Verse 35. 
A lot of people don't have, don't, until you read this and think about it, you don't pick it up. Uh, verse 35, and it says, Some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. In other words, this is a group of people that Daniel's talking about that are going to be refined. They're going to be given white robes. In the very next chapter, he talks about them again. Look at verse 10 in 12. Verse 10 and 12. It says, Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall do what? Understand. But the wise shall what? Understand. So this is a very special group. They're going to be purified. They're going to be white. They're going to be refined. And they are going to understand. Who is this talking about? Have you heard this before? We as Seventh-day Adventists, we know this. Who? Take, what? Turn in your Bibles to Revelation, the third chapter. You should know this. Revelation, the third chapter, verse 18, right? I counsel you to do what? Buy me a gold, tried in the fire, so that you will become rich, and white raiment, so that you may be clothed, that your nakedness will not be revealed. And then it comes to what? Anoint your eyes with the eye salve, that you may what? If I see, I do what? I understand. Amen? Amen. Young, young people, here, don't you love me? I mean, you guys, you guys should give me a, pay me a tip me. I'm calling you young people all the time. You can tell who I speak to. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I was waiting for someone to say that. Look, I believe that this is particularly talking about the remnant church at the end of time. I'll tell you why. Because they have the knowledge of the Old Testament. The time of the patriarchs, the Israel's a nation, and then they have the New Testament, which was for the church. But they also have a prophet. Amen? You see, there is never, this is my thought and belief in this, there has never been a time in earth's history when God's people could understand him better than this generation. But we are what? Laodicean. We have, remember what he said last night? I mean, I, I thought his, his call was a wonderful call. Are we drinking of this terrible wine? Look, God wants us as a people to know the word of God. Not a little bit, but backwards and forwards. I tell my young people this over and over and over again. Both of these men, they get sick of hearing me talk about Revelation. Know the scripture, know the Bible. It's all that matters for this time. I want to read to you from the prophet, okay? Can I read a couple things here? Uh, this is just, she just backs up what they're talking, this understanding. It says, we have a great work to do for the master. What kind of a work? A great work to do for the master. To open the word of God to those who are in darkness of error. Of error, guys. This young man's going to tell his experience, his story, and he was deep in error. I'm telling you. He was in blackness. So was I. Before I saw these wonderful truths, young friends, church members, act as though you had a sacred charge. You should be Bible students 
ever ready to give to every man and woman that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. I, I don't know about you, but it's just, it's, it's next to impossible for me not to share Jesus with people. I, I'm serious. I just, I can't help myself at times. You know, I, I just, you know, the, the big thing I love to do is just, when I know people just are not into God, I go, when I leave them, I go, God bless you. And you can see them go, kind of stiffen and, I want people to know that I love my Savior. Look, I was a brand plucked from the fire. When I, when I, at 29, you heard me say it a couple days ago, I was 29 years old and I was physically, mentally, and spiritually bankrupt. There was nothing left. I I didn't love anything anymore. I didn't care about anything anymore. I had just burned myself out. It was when I read these precious messages, when I studied the Bible, that I became different. I praise God. I want to read this to you. This is a pretty powerful quote, by the way. Um, this is in um, the ninth volume of the Testimonies, page, uh, page, let me give it here, page uh, 126. Listen to this. It says, in visiting and a vision of the night. Excuse my eyes, guys. You all understand eyes, don't you? Okay. I refuse to wear bifocals, so I have to pull my glasses down. <laughs> uh, I, I know this group will understand. The young people, they don't understand. But I know you'll understand. Uh, in vision of the night, representation passed before me of a great reformation movement among God's people. Whoa, whoa. I'm excited about that. Many were praising God, the sick were healed, and other miracles were wrought. A spirit of intercession was seen, even as was manifested before the great day of Pentecost. Now listen to this. Hundreds and thousands were seen visiting families and opening before them the word of God. Hundreds and thousands. That means you and me going into those homes, visiting with those people, sharing the word of God with them. But we can't do that unless we're going out and meeting people. That is the key to this. Look, we can understand the word of God like no other generation or time because of the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. You know, I don't read spirit of prophecy a lot anymore. When I became a Christian, I had so filled my mind with garbage. This all intellectual stuff, you know, Sartre, Camus, Nietzsche, I mean, garbage. You That I, the Bible was too tough for me. Here I was, a brilliant young man. Whoa. But I couldn't understand the Bible. But I could understand the spirit of prophecy, and I just inhaled the spirit of prophecy. I read the Convict series through five times with the Bible. I've read Great Controversy 12 times and Desire of Ages 10 times. And I'm planning on reading them again. But you know, the Bible is so dear to me, I just don't have time to study Spirit of Prophecy as much. I, you, know how, you know how I use Spirit of Prophecy? It's when I study something and I see it, I go, hmm, I wonder what Ellen White says about that. And I'll look up that verse, you know, in the Bible commentaries, and I'll check it. And then she always gives you some little piece of information. It's just, whoa, I just love it. When I think I've wrung it out, I get a little something from Ellen White, she gives me another push. <laughs> Amen? Praise God. Um, as you've, we talked about souls, one of the big things that we do now, remember, we talked about literature uh, ministries. It's not publishing anymore. We call it literature ministries because we work with education, and, and that's young people. We, we provide for them. We work with health now. You, you remember, guys, we've got more today. I know some of you wanted these. And so the ha- Habits that Heal, brand new, off the press. This, I mean, literally is off the press. We sold them this summer. We did 50,000. 
and it looks like we're going to have to print another 50,000 next summer. They just flew out. It was unbelievable. Done by young people. Done by young people, guys. Couldn't get the presses to do it. Little Monica and, and Ricky and her father, who's a doctor. Monica's family, they're all doctors. Uh, God will use you. I see it over and over and over and over again. We're working in health, but what I really enjoy is us working in ministry. We go to a church every year, uh, every winter, Seoul sends all of their students in the second track to churches, two by two, and they join a lot of times with another, uh, a graduated Seoul's Bible worker, and they go out and they just knock doors. And they get people's interest. And then they start Bible studies. And they start visiting people. Then they give a class, they call it uh, 101. Bible work 101. And they teach the church how to do Bible work. Now, it's a, this is a sad part of our story. For what I don't know why it has happened, but we don't educate our pastors how to do Bible work anymore. And so when we go to these churches, uh, they'll say to us, oh, we're so glad you're coming. Here, we're sending these kids here to train them, and they think we're the authorities. That's got to turn around, church. We have got to start to have people doing Bible studies. That's what we're talking about today is to do that. And so they go, and they give these Bible studies, and then the people start, they have an evangelistic series at the end of that time, and they bring the people in. Guys, we had 15 meetings this past winter and th- over 300 calls for baptism. Amen? Amen. Boo! They can beat your chest on that one. And you know who are preaching it? Yeah, right here. This young man right here. I got about, we have about 10 of them that are like this. And they're fearless. They don't, no one ever taught them. They just got, how did you learn? You just decided to do it, right? And I, I assume you watched other, uh, other, and they worked on it. But guys, we, uh, we're starting now at our school to actually select the top young people and teach them how to give a campaign. Amen? Do you understand, uh, Carol, what, what does it cost for, uh, is, uh, for Amazing Facts now? 30000 do you know? In the 10 to 20. Well, we're doing these meetings for 4 to 5. Amen? And we're having baptisms. But you know why they're successful? You see, when you go to a church and it's not ready and nothing's being done, nothing happens. But it's being successful because these young people are in the field finding people. Is that right in series? Am I right about that? Are you? What did you say, about 20 people? For baptism, young man Sammy, one of the students, just like this young man, preached his first, I think that was his first series, wasn't it? I think, I think it was, I didn't hear you. Okay, second, you're saying. Okay, second, so it was his second time. Guys, uh, at one time, I was working with, um, with, um, and Net 96 with, um, what's her name, um, Finley's. I was working with Finley's in Net 96. And uh, we figured out at that time that there were about six to ten Bible workers in all of North American Division. Since then, there has been a growing and, and we're getting more. And it takes quite a while to do a good Bible worker. A good Bible worker needs as much training as a pastor because, you know, that doesn't mean you can't do it because we have tons of kids that go out and get baptisms from people and get conversions from them, and they don't know anything, to be honest. All they know is that they got, uh, we we use uh, historicals a lot, 
All I know is they got their little Bible study things here, and they go in and they answer the questions, etc. The Holy Spirit works anyway. Amen. So every year we do that, they come, we, we preach, and that's the second track of Souls West. So I want to s- let you see some of that today and to talk about it. Uh, Wesley, come on up, get yourself a uh, mic. Thrive is something that they're doing here in Nevada, Utah, and they're just getting started. We're doing a, uh, also down in uh, Patterson in Central Cal, and the concept is kind of this, uh, Elder Wilson talked about company evangelism, and we're trying to figure out how to do it. These things that they're doing where they're coming in with health teams and working, and we're trying to really work from that angle now. So, and then you started it last year, right, Wesney? Come on up. Thank you. You, you um, Yes, last September. Last September. Mm-hmm. And how many of them were there? Uh, we had six individuals, young people that are in the Carson City area. And they knocked doors? Yes, knocked doors. We uh, shared uh, health within the community. We did in-home cooking demonstrations. We had depression recovery seminars. We did uh, uh, a variety of different things. We had a health expo in the parking lot of Walmart. Uh, Many different things we did. Uh, I was there one day with them, and they were uh, handing out flyers on depression recovery. Let me tell you something. If your church wants to do something that will attract attention, do a depression recovery seminar. I have never, I've worked through this work and done everything you can do it. I have never handed out a brochure that more people were ready to take. I'm saying people would go, oh, thank you. This is for me. Over and over again. Because depression is such a major issue today. Uh, it, it is something that will really touch hearts. What, what does uh, Thrive stand for? So Thrive stands for Teach, Heal, Revive, Integrated Volunteer Evangelism. And so we're bringing together the different branches of ministry, as we are told in the spirit of prophecy, the health message is the right arm of the gospel. And without that right arm, you can't do a whole lot. You can't be uh, as as successful as you would if you had both arms. And we're bringing everything together, uh, trying to to, to meet people where they need, uh, with uh, with their needs, uh, at their needs, and, and point them back to Christ. And uh, really, it's based off of what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. If you turn there in your Bibles, um, I'll go there here. Matthew 9, verse 35. Uh, In Matthew 9, verse 35, uh, it says there, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and what? And healing all those that were sick, every sick person and every disease among the people. So we see as Christ went out and ministered, it was a threefold ministry teaching, preaching the gospel, and then also healing all those that were diseased. Then look at verse 36. It says, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep not having a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Christ is showing us an example of what he wants us to do. Uh, the ministry that he wants us to have is a ministry not just of preaching and not just of healing, but bringing them all together, preaching, healing, and teaching other individuals. Can you see him doing evangelistic meaning? <laughs> It's there, isn't it? Uh, but not only did he, did, did he do it himself, in the, next very, in, in the very next chapter, Matthew chapter 10, he sends out his disciples mm-hmm. to do that very thing, mm-hmm. to preach, to heal, and to teach. And so that's what we're seeking to do with Thrive. And we believe that God will really bless this because it's not our idea that we found somewhere uh, laying down and we just got this bright idea. No, it was an idea that came from the spirit of prophecy, actually. I want to read a couple of quotes. Is that, is that right sure, now? yeah, go, go, go. Got a couple of quotes here to read about why we do what we're doing. I got some questions I want to ask you. Sure. The gospel of health is to be firmly linked with the ministry of the word. It is the Lord's design that the restoring influence of the health of health reform shall be a part of the last great effort to proclaim the gospel message. So we're seeing here that, that, that health will play a great part in the very, not the, you know, just uh, any time of the message, but the last time, the very end, we need to combine health with Amen. the ministry of the word. 
And um, as we shared yesterday, some of you were here yesterday, I'll share it again real quick. A young man, a, a non-Christian, a man attending one of our academies, received a glow track that was entitled Steps to Health. And it has there the eight laws of health. And he began to read through this, this tract and practice the information inside. He lost 20 pounds. Now, now this is a young man who has come from Korea. Come from Korea. His parents want him to learn English. Exactly right. So he knows nothing about Adventist. Nothing about Adventist. But he's in an Adventist school. That's right. Okay. But he gets this tract. He understands the health. Wow, it's blessing my life. I'm losing weight, becoming more healthy. And then he reads the last section of the tract that talks about trusting God. And he's like, oh, wow, trusting God. What does that mean? I, I don't know God. So he goes to one of the chaplains, one of the Bible teachers there at the school, and they begin to teach him about the Word of God. He receives Bible studies, and then he gets baptized as a result of a little tract about health. And so we see the connection here. So, I, his family were real happy about that. No, they weren't too happy. They weren't too happy. But he, he said suffer, he suffered over this. He did, he did definitely suffer because of it. Uh, but he wanted to stand for Christ because he knew what Christ had done for him. So praise God for that. Listen to this. When the cities are worked as God would have them, the result will be the setting in operation of a mighty movement such as we have not yet witnessed. Ooh. Powerful, amen? Yeah. I mean, I, I, we've witnessed things that are powerful, haven't we? I mean, at least in the Bible. We've seen times when 3,000 were, were, were converted and baptized in one day. We've seen it all in the next very chapter in, in Acts chapter 5 or 4 that 5,000 came to Christ as well. But we're told we'll see even greater things set in operation as we have not yet witnessed. God calls for self-sacrificing men converted to the truth to let their light shine forth in clear, distinct rays. Well, I want to ask you about this self-sacrifice. Yes. Well, self-sacrifice, that's a very important part of what Thrive is, is I doing. noticed you said volunteer is part yes. of Thrive. So the workers that come to Thrive are volunteers. They give of themselves nine months. In fact, some are, are like Andrew right here. He's coming back for another nine months to join Thrive to work, but he's not receiving any compensation for his work other than the, the glory of God because we don't have, we don't have the funds to, to, to really uh, pay everyone. So we're coming as volunteers by God's grace and, and working for him in that way. So you're on a conference salary, right? Yes, I am. And what do you do with that? I give it to the, so that we can work. Guys, I believe we're at that time of earth's history. God is going to start to work. First of all, we know money is going to become scarce. But it's good that we practice now. That's right. I just wanted to say this to everyone here. We're past doing this, most of us in this room. We're past that. So I'll wait till he gets away. I said we are past being able to go out and knock doors and do all the stuff they do. But we can give. I personally give to this ministry on a regular basis. If you want to do that, you're going to help them a great deal. Amen. How many do you have this year? We have about six or seven. Six or seven yeah. in there, and they're going to be working where? In Ogden. In Ogden. Yeah, Ogden, Utah. Well, I, I love it. Look, we have had to follow Mormons forever. I love to be right in the middle of the Mormons. It just Amen. makes me happy. I'll, just, I'll share a quick testimony. We, we have been going in the, in the community there in Ogden, knocking doors uh, in businesses. We've gone to the mayor, talked to them about what we're going to do, and they're supportive of, of, of what we're doing. And uh, we've even gone to some businesses, and they say, you know what, if you're helping the community like that, we want to support you financially as well. We're going to give a donation to your ministry of Thrive because we, we want you to come back and teach us how to be healthy. And, and we'll, give you, you know, we'll give you money for that. And, uh, and so people are seeing a need to restore their health. And we have the, we so have the answer to the word of I, I don't want them to lose this opportunity. Yeah. If they wanted to give on a regular basis, yes. they could talk to you. Yes, definitely. Okay, sure. And they, sure. they could run into the conference and yes. get a tax-deductible receipt That's and correct. all that. That's correct. Okay, I just wanted you to ha know that information. I'm going I'm to go on here. So how, how should we do it? How should the cities be worked uh, according to inspiration? Well, it says here, during the, the night of February 2027, a representation was given me in which the on-work cities were represented before me in a living reality. And I was plainly instructed that there should be a decided change from past methods of working. I urged that companies be organized and diligently trained to labor in our important cities. So we see the instruction given is to form companies and to go into these cities and train them how to work the cities. All right, again and again, it's been, it's been presented to me that there should be companies organized and educated most thoroughly to work as nurses, as evangelists, as ministers, as canvassers, as gospel students to perfect a character 
after the divine similitude. I'm sorry. There you go. Thessalonians volume 9, page 171 and 172. So we see here, uh, at the end of Ellen White's life, we see her, cha- uh, not changing, but giving instruction clearly on how we ought to work the, c- the cities. How young people need to get together and go working not only one kind of ministry, just gospel or just health, or no, bringing them all together to work to save souls. I'm going to share a couple stories after I go through a, a few more quotes here. It says here, uh, we need to make the church a training center. The monotony of our service for God needs to be broken up. Every church member, how many? Every church member should be engaged in some line of, mission, uh, of service for the master. Many would be willing to work if they were only taught how to begin. Every church should be a training school for Christian workers. Amen. Yes. That's Ministry of Healing, page 149. So we see here that, that the, the, the goal of Thrive, the goal of this company is to go into the church and to train. To train on how to do Bible work, how to reach out through, through health, how to share literature with the community. So we can all get active doing the, the, the work of God. Amen? Can, can I just interject something here? To be real honest with you, you got a young people there. There's not a much they're going to teach a lot of the people That's in that right. church. <laughs> you know what they really do? They inspire them. They go, if these kids are, That's we'll right. go out and we'll do it too. We should have been doing that in the past, but the fact is, is that the young people inspire them and that's what i have seen happen over and over again they, the church members come i'm just scared to death i just i and I, I we i went out with this young person and you know i liked it it wasn't that bad <laughs> amen 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 yes i, I just want to share a picture here of what we uh, do. This is a, one of our training sessions we had at Carson City. Uh, we have Abraham there. He was teaching that day. And uh, these, all these church members were going out in the community and serving and sharing, uh, giving Bible studies. Uh, in fact, I want to share one quick story about one, one lady that came to the meetings. Uh, she came and she had received a flyer or we got in contact with her. Actually, my, my wife did. And she began going to her home and giving Bible studies. Well, she was excited because she loved Revelation and she wanted to learn more about prophecy. So we had a Revelation seminar, and she came uh, almost every single night and was just eating all the Word of God up. She wanted every, all the notes. She wanted the, the copies of the, of the seminar afterward, and she also came and joined the church. Amen? But not only did she join the church, now she, she actually joined one of these classes called FM 101. But uh, get this. At first, we teach it, right? So Abraham taught it. We, we came in and we taught the class. But after we were done... We had one of the church members, actually, uh, where is he? I don't see him on here, but oh, hey, right here, Mike Edling. He began teaching that class, and she, the person that got baptized, joined the class, and now the freshly new baptized member, she's out herself sharing Bible studies. Amen. Amen. And serving the church. And that's what we want to do. We want to continue the cycle going on. That We don't have just people just sitting in the pew. No, we want to be out there getting, getting out there and sharing the word of God with others. So i got a couple of pictures. So here's another picture of the training. Uh, this is Andrew right here with one of the, the members uh, there as well on a Sabbath afternoon knocking on doors. In fact, we just did this uh, as well over at the Sparks Church uh, just a couple of Sabbaths ago, and it was a great experience. I uh, found many Bible study contacts and passed out flyers there. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, so we have more members here going out, knocking on doors, sharing. And um, we had a health, uh, health screening in the parking lot of Walmart. Uh, this is one of the pictures here. We did a mini uh, partnered up with Weimar to do that health, uh, health screening, health, health expo. Uh, we had cooking classes. You can't really see. It's kind of dark. But we had a, a week-long cooking class, and about an uh, average of 50 people attended from the community, half of which are not Adventists, uh, coming to, you know, to, to learn how to cook nutrition uh, and, and healthfully. And uh, we had our, an evangelistic meeting after that as well. This is a, a quick blow-by-blow. Blow. I mean, I'm going through it really fast here. But this is our evangelistic meeting we had as well at the church there. Um, and many souls came out to hear the Word of God by God's grace. God moved in a powerful way. And we saw 27 decisions for baptism by God's grace. Amen. So did you go to his, It Is Written and get a, a seasoned uh, evangelist to come? No. Who do we use? Well, well. God can lose the very least of us. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, yes, that's, that's what happened there by God's grace. I can share many more powerful experiences of what God has done while we were in Thrive, actually, uh, we went into a, a remote area and started knocking on doors there. And uh, one of the young ladies left a, a book with a person that was an ex-Adventist, had not been to church for about 20 years. 
And, um, but she's like, I, I really want to know more. I, I've fallen away from God, but I want to get back to him. So she got a few books and began to read them. And the next thing I know, I'm hearing from the pastor about three months later and says, you know what, Weston, we're so glad you came because we've had three baptisms as a result of you guys coming and knocking doors in our area. Uh, that lady, you knocked on the door, she got baptized. She came back and got rebaptized. But she also brought her son and her son's fiance. They got married and also got baptized as well. And uh, God's doing powerful things. And we want to see him continue as we form this ministry and continue to, to ad adapt it to what God wants it to be so we can reach more people for the kingdom of God. Yeah, I, I was at uh, one of our meetings this past the winter, and uh, some other student came to the door and uh, knocked and showed her books and invited her to the meetings. And she says, yeah, well, our whole family needs it. So she brought the kids, the boyfriends, and the girlfriends, and there was like six or seven of them baptized Amen. for the family. Amen. I just because someone went to their door. Amen. And they, then she brought the whole family in which is really good. Amen. God, God's working in a powerful way. I, I believe we're living in the last days, and God is moving upon people's hearts, bringing them to his truth. And uh, I'll share one more uh, experience we had during Thrive this last year. We had a, a, a lady, and um, we got her contact from, I think it was Discovery Bible School, and we went to visit her. And she has several health conditions. And we said, you know, we're, we're going to help you out. We're going to do it. We don't know a whole lot. We're not, you know, degreed and have all these different things in medical, in medical lines. But we know simple things from the word of God and from the inspiration that we're going to share with you. So we began to share with her, and she thought, oh, I can't, I can't get healthy food. It's too expensive. I have a limited income, and I can't afford healthy food. We said, we'll come to the store, and we'll cook with you. I mean, we'll shop with you. We'll show you where to get the foods. We'll show you what you should buy, how you can buy it, and how you can buy it on a budget. And so we took her to the store, and she was amazed. At, at the end of the shopping experience, her car was full of food, but for less money than she spent on her junk food that she got before. Amen. And she Amen. said, oh, wow, this is amazing. I can, spend, I can spend less money and get more food and be more healthy. Well, we didn't stop there. We actually went into her home as well and began cooking with her, showing her how to use the food that she's just gotten. Uh, and so just taking her with our, our cookbooks that we have and showing her how you could, you could use these cookbooks to cook healthy, tasteful, quick meals that will bless you and your family. And uh, so she, she loved that. They would go week after week to her house to help her out, and she also got baptized by God's grace. Amen. God's working in a powerful way. I got one more quote to share if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Later. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. Oh, and that's, that's the, just the acronym there, Teach, Heal, Revive, Integrated volunteer evangelism. All right. There is to be a working of our cities as they never have been worked. That which should have been done 20 or 100 years ago, yes, more than 120 years ago, is now to be done speedily. The work will be more difficult to do now than it would have been years ago, but it will be done. Amen. It will happen. God will move in a powerful way. He will accomplish this work of combining the ministries together and reaching our cities, our churches, and our communities by God's grace. Um, we have two conferences are doing, uh, this is a kind of a separate thing. We have two conferences. One's doing what they call full circle. They, their whole push is to come to the church and talk to them about how to organize evangelism. Isn't that kind of exciting? Come in, start to, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of things in a church that, if it's coordinated, can turn out to be a positive benefit for the community. Did you want to say something? No, I, I wanted to talk about it. Then we have another one which is uh, called uh, Full uh, Cross Trainers. And they put their emphasis on training church members to go out and do this work. Uh, I hope that you will pray for these groups. I really do. Uh, because we need your support. We, we need you thinking about us. I tell you, prayer is powerful. I've seen it happen over and over again. Things change. Things happen. Um, Andrew, come up. You come with us. Uh, how old do you think he is? 16? <laughs> he looks it, doesn't he? Uh, you want to show a picture of him yeah, before? Uh, yeah, uh, Andrew, just wait a minute. Andrew, you are a new Seventh-day Adventist, correct? Yes. Okay. Let me, let me show you a picture of, uh, of some of the people that work with Thrive. This is one of them right here. I'll do one. 
Uh, hold, on, hold on, let me let me get it up here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how long have you been a uh, Christian? Uh, since 2011. Yeah, that you had it there. There you go, guys. He was a gang member. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's that's me there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, how old were you? How old were you here? Uh, right here, I was at the age of 16. 16, yes. And you got kicked out of your home at that age? I got kicked out of my house at the age of 15. Uh, joined the gang. I got into a lot of trouble. My mom had enough, and she didn't know what else to do but to kick me out. And where did you live? Uh, for a while, I was staying out on the streets. I would uh, sleep at the parks, or I would sleep in, the, in this dirt field behind my, uh, my mom's house. And mm. I would usually try to wait until, like, the lights were off, and I would try to sneak in back into the house. Something that I was really good at was breaking into homes, and <laughs> which is a bad thing, but uh, God, God changed And uh, you were involved in drugs? Yes, I got uh, into drugs. I was an alcoholic. I was addicted to um, miniature cigars called Prime Times, and God helped me find victory in that as well by his grace. So... Life's not a good life, right? <laughs> what happened that you found the Lord? Well, um, after being in the gang for so long, um, after a while I got tired of, you know, having to watch my back and all these enemies I made and, uh, you know, just the trouble, always getting arrested, uh, being a bad influence in my family, really missed my little sister and everything. She used to cry for me. Uh, one of my friends who hung so out... you used to fight? Yes. Oh, yeah, that... <laughs> What <laughs> I mean, I, that's incredible with me. Look at his size. I mean, he, he yeah, um, one thing, our, our gang, uh, it's like part of our religion. We believe that you, in, in order to live, you have to fight to live. And we wanted to be the best fighters in Blythe. And that was where I was raised, in Blythe, California, Southern California. And uh, we would practice fighting as much as you guys would study your Bibles in the morning. Uh, I would go to school with black eyes. I would have to wear my sunglasses so no one would so see. You're wearing sunglasses there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had a black eye that time, <laughs> by his grace. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we love fighting. Don't you, like, don't you like this expression over the one there? <laughs> amen? <laughs> Can you see that sudden there's been a change? Amen. Yeah. amen. Um, you know, I, I so w- how, how did you come to uh, find the Lord and Adventism? Uh, you know, one of my friends who was hanging out with the gang uh, invited me to go to a church because of girls. Uh, it was a girl he really liked, and that girl had a friend, and so we went. And uh, uh, he, he, you know, we just went for the girls. He tried to impress the parents. Uh, you know, he ended up getting baptized in the church. I didn't. I, I you know, just still kind of curious about it. I went to try other churches and compared it to the Adventist church, and I realized um, something I really liked that caught my attention was the youth knew their Bibles, and I, I called them Bible nerds. I'm like, oh, these Bible nerds here. But I wanted that. I wanted to know my Bible, too. I wanted it because it was different from what I was experiencing in my life. I was tired of it. I was fed up, and God knew about it. And uh, I, I, uh, my friend ended up, after he got baptized, he married the girl, and he took her out of the church, and they left the church. But I decided to stay. I said, you know, I, I, I don't want to leave. Um, this is something different. So when you started to, you said you brought your Bible and started to study, and... Yeah, because you didn't believe what they were teaching. You no, know, I thought what the Adventist believes were crazy beliefs. What? What do you mean when we die we just go straight to the grave? What, what do you What do you mean we go to church on Sunday, uh, on Saturday? What, what is this? I started. Uh, you had a Catholic background, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. I was raised non-practicing Catholic, uh, and then after a while, when I got into the gang, I became atheist. Uh, um, but uh, I, I studied out with the Bible and came out that you know I found it in my Bible. It was true, so I, I had to make a decision. Um, between my gang, which my brothers who I loved, or God. And, of course, I, I chose God. So now, let, let me understand this. Gangs just let you go anytime you want to no, go. No, no, uh, They threatened to kill me. They threatened to beat me down every time they seen me. Um, so I stayed inside for a while, and I just marinated myself with whatever I could. I bought an Xbox, and I just poisoned my brain with video games and Movies that just came out, and, uh, you know, after a while, I got fed up of it, and I confronted the gang, but before I did, I prayed and prayed, and I said, God, if you want me 
you know, if, if, I, if I die, then I know I died for you. If I live, I will serve you. I, I, I made that promise to God. Didn't think I was actually going to do it, but here I am by the grace. <laughs> uh, what happened is that the, the guy who's in charge of the gang, he got deported. So by the time I came up to confront them, because I got tired of hiding, and I still had that bad mentality, that pride, uh, that really haunted me, um, I, I ended up going up to them and saying, hey, I'll fight everyone here. Because we were always training each other how to fight. I already knew how all of them fought. So I was like, hey, I'll fight everyone here. But God said, no, Andrew, you're, you're not going to fight. And the new gang member, uh, the gang leader, he was a closer friend of mine. He said, hey, Andrew, I'm going to let you go. And the best fighter in our gang said, hey, if anybody messes with you, they're going to have to come through me first. And I said, what is going on? But he said, hey, as long as you keep our names out of your mouth, as long as you stay away from us, as long as you don't even uh, look at us, we're good. And my pride was like, what do you mean? Wait, wait, what? Like, you know, I got upset about it. And then God's like, what are you doing? I'm setting you free. You know, and. How did you come to get into canvassing work and thrive? Well, you know, I, I started reading my Bible. And then uh, I found out about the spirit of prophecy. And I just fell in love with my Bible. And I fell in love with the spirit of prophecy. Amen. And then uh, my friend who was canvassing uh, in NUC. He kept telling me, I kept saying, hey, you know, I'm struggling so much here in Blythe. And he said, you need to go canvassing. You need to go canvassing. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I was going through a really rough time in, in my faith and started to shake. And then I just sat down. And I remember looking at the sunset and I said, you know, God, what do I do? And my friend, uh, Ezekiel, he showed up at the right time. And he heard me ask that out loud. And then I told my friend, well, what do I do? And he said, I'm tired of telling you, man. You have to go through this uh, canvassing. And so I said, well, what do we do? And he said, we share the spirit of prophecy with everyone. And so I did. I, I joined canvassing. It was the best experience of my life. I got rebaptized. Wesney baptized me by his grace, by God's grace. And uh, I, I, I never learned how to fully rely on God until my first summer of canvassing. And it was just a great experience. I remember one thing I thought back, as looking back at my gang life, I thought, man, I, let, I led all my closest friends into horror, into bad things, into drugs, into like uh, violence, and into jail. I led them to the worst places. And when I went to Youth Rush, um, I told God, God, I want to lead people the right way now. You use, use what I've learned to do the right things now. Uh, I want to be the right type of leader, not that wrong type of leader. So you you've ordered you are now uh, joining another gang. It's called the Thrive Gang, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm Praise really God. Really Praise God. Guys, I believe that we're going to see more and more of this. Amen. We're a, a friend of mine, one of the young men who worked with me and lived with me, is starting a ministry on going and evangelizing high schools. He's going to teach people. They're just getting started. They're going to you're going to see him at iShare, by the way, guys. Uh, He's going to go to high schools. When they come out of high schools, we're going to do evangelism right there in front of the high school. Talk to people, invite them to meetings, etc. I've been wanting to do this forever. I, th I think it's so important for us to grab guys like this Amen. for it. So uh, uh, it's, it, it, it's incredible. You, now, how many degrees do you have? <laughs> uh, no degrees. <laughs> no high school? No high school. I did not graduate because of my gang life. Because of your gang life. Now, he's going to go back and get it. But let me tell you, you, you listen to this young man. He knows the word of God. Uh, at one time, I think you told me he had the most of the Bible studies going. He is sincere about what he does. He believes what he said. I love him. I mean, I just, I mean, I just want to hug him every time I see him, man. Because he said, this little guy, man, he tells he used to fight. I go, what? Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. Amen. And so he's going to be with Thrive. Now, he's going to be here, uh, and in, when we're done here today, he's going to be out in the back by the car that's behind us here. And we have all the books and all the um, glow tracks. So anything that you want to purchase, you can. And when you purchase the books, the mega books, that will go to him. Okay? So feel free. Uh, they're 10 to 15. Uh, the cookbooks are more. What are the cookbooks? Uh, 2030. 2030. Mm -hmm. You want them? We also have a door, uh, 
the open door again. This is, have you enjoyed the experiences? Have you enjoyed the experiences you've heard this week? <laughs> right here, guys. But by our young people, uh, unfortunately, there's some, graph, there's some errors here. And um, the person who uh, proofread it didn't, uh, my wife is an English person, so <laughs> she always says, so just understand these are young people that did this, okay? And, uh, but praise God for that. This also is beautifully done. We don't seem to have had any errors in it, but we, we proofread it about 20 times, so <laughs> it was bound and term we weren't going to have that happen for it. So uh, what, what, what do you want to do with your life now? You know, I just want to give my entire life to God and just full-time ministry. Uh, I've been praying when I first started reading the Spirit of Prophecy and reading about uh, medical missionary work. Uh, that has been the passion that I'm really heading for. So I see that God wants to use me and thrive. We've, I've prayed about it so many times, and that's why I decided to join again. I want to be in Thrive for the rest of my life because of how exciting it is and how, how I've seen God use this ministry. And I believe that this is fulfillment of prophecy. Amen. Amen. I believe it's fulfilling prophecy that a young person is saying that. <laughs> it's so, so important. Amen. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted? Uh, I can uh, share. Yes, I would like you to, that one you told me earlier. That oh. was excellent. But you can share another one, too. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> they don't like stories, but go ahead. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll bore them for a minute. Uh, you know, I just want to, um, you know, I want to share just two quick ones. One of them, uh, uh, my first time canvassing, I've been praying, Lord, show me that you can use me to lead people to you. Uh, I, I came to these apartments, and um, I always try to dodge the, the manager, like, oh, man, I don't want to get kicked out. Uh, I, I dodged the door that stuck out the most. It looked like the manager's door. But uh, as I was shuffling my books together, I ended up right in front of that door. So I said, oh, I'll just knock. And I knocked. My books were not organized. Uh, a man came to the door, and he looked at me, and I said, hello, sir. And he said, hi. And I started to tell him what I was about, and he just closed his gate on me and walked inside. And I hear, and I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, okay. And I hear him yell in, in the room. He says, honey, there's an Adventist at the door. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. So one of those guys that like to argue or something, Lord, give me my verses, uh, bring everything to memory. And uh, he comes back with his wife, and they have these big smiles. And I'm like, hi. And the first thing I ask is, how did you know I was a Seventh-day Adventist? And he said, we saw the great controversy on your top right here. And I said, whoa, what is that doing up there? That's not usually up there. And I said, yeah, you know this book. And he said, yeah, so we've been watching 3ABN. And I said, are you guys Adventists? He said, no, but we're very interested. And, the, and his wife said, we have been praying that God will put this book into our hands. What is it going to take for us to have this book? And I said, hey, any donation? Close to 10 helps out. And they, they were really excited. Um, I, they were saying, we're, we were actually we're thinking about going to church. We're looking for a church. I happen to have the last flyer of the Revelation seminars. And I said, hey, look, my last flyer, it was meant for you. And they were really excited. They started getting teary-eyed. I, I gave them the great controversy, and right when I gave it to them, they started celebrating right in front of me. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, we ended up uh, going on to our next, uh, you know, city. We ended up afterwards in, in at the last part of Youth Rush. We ended up getting a call from Westney saying, hey, um, those people that you met at the door, they went to the Revelation seminars, and they got baptized. Amen. Amen. And uh, I got to meet them this uh, this summer, I mean, yes, and uh, he seen me, and I said, hey, I recognize you, and he said, in, with tears, crying, going down his cheeks, he said, we have been thinking of you, praying about you, and just talking about you, and he said, we want to thank you, I said, praise the Lord, and I told him my story of how I almost skipped this door, how God perfectly put everything together, and he could not stop crying, and I got to rejoice with him, we prayed, and it was a big blessing. Tell that other story, that you, you just, <laughs> this just happened, right? Yes, um, another one I was going to share. You should tell that angel story. Um, I, I, met a, I met actually a, a lady at the door. Um, it was actually a young man. Uh, it's probably different from the one I told you, but this one right here, I'm impressed to share this one now. Okay. <laughs> I met this young boy, and I was telling him what we were doing. His mom was in the background making faces when she was on the couch, like, what is these people, you know? And um, out of nowhere, she jumps up and runs to the door, and she says, let me see your books. And I'm like, oh, okay, and I show her my books. She says... I know what you guys are all about. And I said, really? She goes, yeah. 
uh, hold on, let me go get some cash. I only have $10. Like, praise the Lord, you know. And I, I said, yeah, how do you know about us? She's like, last year I got this book. And she pointed out the great controversy. Amen. She said, two years ago, actually, I got this book. Now, I read this book, and this book is the, is the book that brought me to the Bible. I've never read the Bible until I read this book. This book had me open up my Bible, and I started reading it. And then I became yeah. very curious. Can the things in this book actually happen? So I continued to read. The next year, another, another one of your canvassers came by, and I got another book off of you guys. You, you guys remember how we talked about earlier that the more we circulate, the more the circulation? Yeah. This is what you're seeing. She said, I read that book, and I loved it. It made my relationship with God grow even stronger. But I, 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 feel, like, I feel like I need more. Tell me, what book can bring me close to God? What book can bring me back to the Bible and close to God? I want a really strong relationship. And I said, ma'am, this one right here is called Steps to Christ. I said, this book here, when I got to chapter 5, it strengthened my, my relationship with the Lord, and there's a reason why I'm here today. And she said, wow, this is the book I'm going to take. And I said, I cannot believe uh, that you have gotten these books from us and that you have read The Great Controversy and that it brought you to the Bible because this is the whole purpose of these books. This is the reason why I'm here, I told her. So these Amen. books are supposed to bring us back to the Bible. And she said, well, they did. Amen. And then Amen. the last thing she asked me before I left, she said, do you really think that those things in The Great Controversy are actually going to happen? And I said, let me tell you something. I pulled, I pulled out my phone, and I showed her a newsletter of an article showing that seven of the greatest, of the biggest megachurches in the United States have signed the declarations stating that they're no longer Protestants, but under the Catholic Church. And I showed her the recent article saying that even more churches are coming back under the Catholic banner. And I showed how the Pope is calling for Sunday. I said, do you really think that these things are not going to happen? The Bible makes it super clear. And she said, you know, by you saying that, I think I'm going to pick up the great controversy again and finish reading it. Amen. Amen. And that's Amen. how I know that God really wants me in this ministry, and I praise God for him. Not, not bad for a gang member, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, just, I just love this young man. Come. Um, I love his spirit, don't you? Amen. You can see it. I mean, there's a gentle. I mean, can you believe a kid who fought for fun, and now he just, I mean, he just kind of oozes this friendly, sweet little way about him. I mean, I, I, I just love it. I just love it. Um, I, yesterday we forgot to do this one. This is another angel story. Okay, you used to be in Hawaii as the literature ministry director. Yeah, okay. Tell us this story. It's a pretty incredible story. Yeah, so uh, one day, uh, one of our students was in a, a bad That's, part of town. Uh, do you want to hear this, guys? <laughs> they were in a bad part of town. And uh, they told them to be careful. You know, we have our leaders are close by, so don't worry. Uh, and they were knocking doors. So one of the, the students comes to this alleyway, and there's like four houses back there. But he's like, ah, it's kind of dark back there. It's kind of like, you know, secluded. Let me keep on going. But he hears a voice as he walks by saying, no, 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 go in there a little bit further. So he goes in. He's like, oh, I, mean, I must need to go in here. He goes in there, and he goes to the house that's not, uh, that looks the, the friendliest or that looks the most inviting. He walks in there, knocks on, the, on that door, but no one answers the door. So he's about to go outside, uh, back through the, the alleyway, back to the main street, and just skip the rest of them. But then he sees someone standing outside of the alleyway. And this young, uh, as, a, as a girl, and uh, just so you know the, 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 uh, the background here, when we go out knocking on doors, we, we go in vans. About six students, one leader, and we're all knocking on doors. So he sees this girl, and she has a, a white dress on, a blue sash, and she's pointing with a radio to the house to his left. And he thinks it's uh, his friend named Ray. Oh, so I, I need to go over there? And, and she, yeah. And she, okay, I'll go over there. So he goes there. He knocks on the door. A big fence is there, large gate there. He knocks. So he, he would have never seen that otherwise. No, he would have never seen it. He would have passed right by. He knocks on the door, and the person doesn't come to the front door. They come to the balcony and say, what are you doing? I don't want you here. Get out of here. Who are you? Leave. I don't want what you have. And walks back inside. Well, my friend is pretty persistent, and he said, I'm going to knock again. I need to be at this house. And the lady comes again to the balcony. Hey, what are you doing? Get out of here. I told you, kid. Who are you? 
What are you doing? I don't want anyone in my house. Leave. She goes back inside. And he says, ah, you know what, Lord? I'm going to knock again. The lady comes to the door. Not the door, but the, the balcony again. And as he comes to the balcony, he says, what? Can you not get a picture, young man? I'm going to call the police. Get out of here. What are you doing here? Leave. No one ever comes to my door. I don't want you here. Leave this place. And he, she goes back inside, slams the door, and he says, you know what, Lord? I got to try at least one more time. I might have been scared to do it myself, but he's, I'm going to do it. He's now, this is not what we normally do, folks. It's not. Never. Never do we do this. This time, after the fourth knock, she comes to the front door, comes down to where the gate is, opens the gate, and as she comes down off the stairway, he can see that she's bald, doesn't have any hair. And she says, what are you doing here, young man? Why are you here? And the young man says, I, I came to show you something, and hands her a book. And as she sees the book, tears begin to fill her eyes. And she says, how did you know? How did you know? How did you know? How did you know that I was just right now praying that the Lord would give me peace? And the book that he had was Peace Above the Storm. That's one of the books you'll have out in the back you can get to give out to people. And she said, I've, I've been praying to God for peace because I have, I, have, I have terminal cancer. The doctor's given me only weeks to live, and not one person has come to visit me. Not my friends, not my family, not my priests. No one's come. And I was praying right here, right now today, that, that God would give me peace, and you bring it right to my door. Amen. And you wouldn't go away. <laughs> but this is what I needed. She's just crying. I went, what, else, what else do you have? She got about five other books, uh, Man of Peace, Desire of Ages, and uh, many other books she got. And they prayed together there, and, and, and we promised to send someone to go and visit her as well, and the pastor to kind of just to study with her, and she was so grateful, just crying, said, I'm so grateful you came by. Thank you for coming to my door. I needed what you had to bring to me today. Well, he, uh, my friend is so excited. Oh, praise God. That's an amazing experience. God led me to that door, and he goes out of the, uh, from the door, goes out to the street, and calls the leader on the radio and says, oh, thank you so much for sending Ray to point me in the right direction to that house because that lady needed me to come to her door. I, I would have missed it. I would have missed it. Thank you for sending Ray. And the leader says... No, maybe Ray is uh, another is one of the students. students. That's right. Uh -huh. yeah. the, the leader says, Ray is not on our team today. She's about an hour or so away somewhere else in a, in a different town. I don't know who you saw, but that person wasn't Ray. But someone pointed you in that right direction because they knew that you, that person needed these books. Amen. And needed peace. Amen. Praise God. The Lord still works with us. Amen. The Lord's working. The Lord's out there. We need to be used by him to go out and share what he's given to us. Guys, I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you to give books away, to invite people. I was talking to one of you here the other day about you making friends with somebody on a vacation. Invite them to this camp meeting. Invite them to, just invite them to everything. Pretty soon they'll get tired and come. Pretty soon, you keep giving them my books and tracks. One of the things we do on Glow that's good is uh, once a month, we have, a, we have an actual calendar. And on the calendar, it has what is special that month, several things that you can do with Glow. So uh, you can see uh, Weston here, and he'll be glad to, to get those for you. But one of the things they do, they call it Intentional Glow, they go to, down your street, and you just go once a month, and you have that track for that month. They, they have it right in this calendar. And you go down, you just go down the street, and you say hi to your people. You say, I just wanted to say hi to you, get to know you a little bit better. Ask them if they'd like to have prayer, and then give them a track. And then come back the next month. So, did, how are you? Is everything okay? Did you enjoy the track? Let me have prayer with you. And guess what, folks? People start to respond to you. And will some say, no, don't bother me anymore? Yes. But hardly any. Hardly any. You have to be intentional about sharing witness. Look, guys, I, I, was, uh, I was an educational superintendent, a Bible teacher, best job I ever had in my life, teaching Bible. And God pulled me away from all of that to work in this work. A work I don't even like to do. I don't like knocking doors. It's not my thing. Yet I've been knocking doors now for 30-some years. Praise God, huh? Uh, 
I'll tell you why, and I, you heard me say this before, but it's because those books converted me. When I read that great controversy, I was done for life. I didn't care. I told my friend, I'll never make it past 35, and I wouldn't have. But when I read that great controversy, I never drank. I drank one time after that. I never took drugs after that again. And I have served God since then. I wish I could say, I almost said faithfully. I wish I had been faithful. I wish I had done more for God. At this stage of my life, I look back and I go, why did you waste time when you could have been doing other things? It's so easy for us just to kind of get into our life, isn't it? Uh, well, I hope you've enjoyed us, guys. Uh, we need a lot of prayer. We, we've had a lot of, uh, lot of bad things happen to us this summer. And uh, it's just been stuff that we, you could tell was supernatural. But God has protected us every time that it's happened, from accidents to deaths to all kinds of illnesses. We had one team, the entire team was just so sick some of them were leading and vomiting while they were leading. And that team has been our way down in sales this year because of that. Because that happened. They went for one of them. Their head leader was 10 days. He just really, Joel. Yeah, it's, uh, they, I think they're going to make 100000 See, it's very important for us how much we make. If we, the magic number for us is to do 100000 in the summer. Because in uh, all the percentages that we do, to run our programs <coughs> gives us enough so that we can buy the van so we can rent the vans and we can buy the big expenses is our inventory and uh, the rental of the vans and so we have enough food for the program etc you you've got to feed these kids good because <laughs> an army moves on its what amen yeah. Yeah. so very very important well guys um, I'm going to give you a chance to go yes Oh, man, would you? That's a tremendous idea. I, I'll tell you what. Let's just grab somebody around you, and let's pray, and then I'll close the prayer in a few minutes, all right? Can everybody find a partner there? And uh, let's, uh, let's have prayer. Thank you. We need that. We believe in prayer. Thank you for that idea. Guys, let's pray.